Hi, welcome to Positively Positive. If you're new here, I go by Sam and I have genital herpes, HSV2. Today I'm explaining the three antiviral medications available for herpes simplex virus, as well as popular vitamins and supplements and outbreak relief products. This is a technical episode, a laundry list of options and explanations, because I was confused as fuck about all this when I was first diagnosed, and I don't want you to be. Along the way, you will hear me mention what is in my herpes kit that I have to be prepared for outbreaks should they happen, and I'll give a Sparknotes recap of all the information at the end of the episode. You do not, and will not, need everything in this episode. I'm not a doctor, I'm not a pharmacist, I'm not claiming to be. I am a gal with a podcast about herpes. (laughs) I am here to make research easier and prevent you from going insane balls deep in Google. I'm only going to talk about the most popular, tried and true things that have been proven and recommended for years, not any weird fake cure from Dr. Jingle Jangle Mumbo Jumbo Guacamole who wants you to message him on WhatsApp and wire transfer your entire life savings. That is a scam and doesn't exist. So, (laughs) let's cut through the noise. Let's talk about herpes, baby. First stop, antivirals. These are pills taken orally and probably what you were prescribed if and when you went to the doctors during your first herpes outbreak. Currently, there are three similar antiviral pills for herpes simplex virus. Acyclovir, valacyclovir, and famcyclovir. These are the names of the actual medication, not the brand name or trade name that they're sold under. What's the difference between the three? Not much, just the dosages and how quickly they absorb and or convert in the body. Let's start with the most common one and the one I received, the one that is in my kit, Valacyclovir. The brand name for this medication is Valtrex. So. When you see the two names used interchangeably, it's because people are talking about the same thing. Valtrex is valacyclovir. Next, we have acyclovir, whose brand name is Zovirax. This is also commonly prescribed for first outbreaks, and it was the first approved medication for herpes in the US. It was actually first available just as a topical treatment before the pill form was approved by the FDA. Now, if one of these medications, valacyclovir or acyclovir, isn't working for you, just ask your doctor to switch to the other one. It shouldn't be an issue. Some people's bodies prefer one over the other. The third antiviral, famcyclovir, is less commonly prescribed, and its brand name is famvir. Okay, so why are these prescribed and what do they do? Herpes is a virus of the nervous system, which is why antivirals are prescribed, not antibiotics. Antibiotics will help you clear chlamydia and gonorrhea because those are bacterial infections. Antibiotics won't do jack shit for herpes. Antivirals can prevent and also treat outbreaks by reducing severity and length of symptoms. They can prevent prodrome from becoming full outbreaks if they're taken at the first signs, And if you don't know, prodrome is the word for slight sensations, tingles, itches, maybe nerve sensitivity that you might experience right before an outbreak. Prodrome is like the warning light on your engine. The car's still gonna run, 
And that warning light might even go away, but you should take care of it. <laughs> it's normal to experience prodrome without outbreaks, especially in the first year of having herpes. It can be the only thing some people ever feel, if anything, and it often goes ignored and the herpes goes undiagnosed because we think if we can't see anything, we don't carry anything. This is wrong. Many carriers are asymptomatic and you can learn about transmission in episode 2 and proper testing in episode 5. Don't ignore genital tingles, people, okay? <coughs> Dude, I mentioned in episode 9. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Herpes testing is not included when you ask to be tested for everything. You'll hear me say that a lot. Antivirals do not kill the virus. They reduce its ability to replicate. So what that means is basically antivirals say, hey, virus, you live here now in my body and you're not gonna send any new minions out for new homes, okay? Thanks so much. Our immune systems also do this. Basically, antivirals and immune systems are our ways of holding herpes hostage. <laughs> oh, that's kind of fun. Actually, yeah, I really like that. You're not the hostage here. Herpes is. You are the guard. The warden. The wardress? Pick your title, okay? <laughs> because you're the one who decides the rules. Now, some people's immune systems enforce those rules more effectively than others. That's totally okay and normal. Also, herpes is an escape artist. <laughs> there are three options for antiviral use. The first two are episodic and daily. Pretty self-explanatory. You either take meds periodically when you need them for an outbreak, aka episodically, or you take them daily, which is often called suppression therapy. If you're only taking them on outbreaks, make sure you always finish the prescription. Don't stop on day two if you've been prescribed three or five days worth of medication. We finish that shit, regardless of if we feel better already or not, okay? A person may choose the daily option, suppression therapy, if they experience regular outbreaks and just don't fucking want to anymore, because that's not fun. <laughs> this will usually be a lower dosage of medicine because you'll be taking it daily, even without outbreaks. Another reason to take daily antivirals is the comfort levels of you and your sexual partner or partners. My focus here is you, though, not your partner. What is most comfortable for you? Does it ease your outbreak symptoms? Does it relieve your anxiety to take daily meds? Does it make you more comfortable with partners because you know it is reducing transmission possibilities? Then taking daily meds is absolutely something you can do. There is no reason to be walking around in pain and or paranoid and anxious over a common herpes diagnosis. Absolutely not. You do what is right for you. And that can even change over time. Because, <laughs> you know, we do have time with this virus. Till death do us part, ayy. Okay, enough of that. Many doctors, <laughs> God, don't recommend daily use over six months. There have been studies that show this actually reduces your body's own ability to combat the virus. Basically, sometimes daily antivirals can be a crutch if we overuse them. <laughs> 
like coffee in the morning. If you never have it, it doesn't matter. But if you have it all the time and then stop, that shit is not fun. It's common and normal to get outbreaks right after going off of daily antivirals. But we adjust over time, and in most cases, the longer we have the virus, the less severe and less often we experience symptoms. Taking antivirals daily isn't something I need right now, and not taking them is an informed personal choice I have made for my own body. I took them for my first outbreak, and after that I wanted to give my body its own time to adjust and try to build antibodies and an immune reaction on its own without help if I could. I don't experience regular outbreaks at this time, and I didn't need meds for pain or symptoms on my second or third outbreak. I definitely could have taken them, and it would have helped, it would have sped up the healing, but it wasn't really necessary. If I felt it was, your girl would be making use of that standing prescription. I do have Valacyclovir in a drawer just in case. Oh, and just a side note, if you are listening to the whole podcast chronologically starting at one, episode one, and going up, um, I might later on say that I've only had one or two outbreaks. Just know that I didn't record all the episodes in order. I'm actually recording this episode after episodes 7 to 14. So yeah, whatever I say in each episode regarding my personal outbreaks is true at the time of recording. Today I'm roughly 8 months into having herpes. So what I do currently is the third option when it comes to antivirals. Simply not taking them. People were dealing with herpes long before medications were approved in the 80s. Herpes has been around for thousands and thousands of years. If you want more info on when and how drug use for herpes became mainstream, you can check out episode 13. It's a a whole thing. (laughs) For some more personal context and my view on pills and my body, I'm someone who has never been on the birth control pill either, as I don't care for the idea of changing my entire hormonal and chemical makeup just so partners can, you know, butter the muffin on the inside. Ugh, why do I talk like this? Anyways, uh, that whole concept is literally insane to me. I know there are lots of other reasons people take the pill, I can't speak from experience on those. What I can speak from experience on is respecting the decision anyone makes about what meds they put inside their own body. I don't get to question that or their reasons, and neither does anyone else, so don't ever let them do it to you. The body takes time to get used to new things, and I haven't wanted to add anything regular to my system before figuring out how my system will act on its own. We're not fixing shit that ain't broke around here, okay? I have the same view with food triggers, I never cut anything out of my diet after diagnosis, and I was fine. Please do not drastically change eating or exercise habits after diagnosis before you even know what you need to change. It's probably not a whole lot, so don't freak yourself out online, okay? I am a little cautious of arginine, (laughs) because I did accidentally eat half a giant bag of trail mix filled with high arginine ingredients on an empty stomach one day, and woke up with an outbreak the next day makes sense, but I have had all those ingredients separately before with no issue. If you're wondering what the hell I'm talking about, (laughs) now is a great time to segue away from antiviral medications and into natural supplements. So, 
I mentioned I had a bunch of shit high in arginine. What the hell is arginine? Also, I don't even know if it's arginine or arginine. I'm gonna go with arginine. It's an amino acid. You remember what those are from science class, right? Amino acids are the building blocks of proteins. Great. It's an amino acid that is naturally produced in the body and also found in lots of food. Why does this matter for people with herpes? Well, arginine is a known trigger, meaning it can cause outbreaks when there's an excess of it in your body. The good news is we have its partner in crime, lysine. Lysine is another amino acid and in simple terms for us, helps balance out arginine. It's like there's a teeter-totter in your body with lysine on one end and arginine on the other. When one, arginine in particular, gets too heavy, your teeter-totter hits the ground with you on it. You don't wanna hit the ground. That can cause ouchies, AKA outbreaks. You want a balanced teeter-totter of lysine and arginine. The thing is, unlike arginine, our body does not naturally produce lysine. It is in many, many foods, so don't freak out. It's in so many foods, it is already in your diet, okay? You can look up foods high in it. I won't go into every single thing or we'd be here forever, but common sources are meats, beans, cheeses, eggs, beans, lentils, quinoa, many, many more. Oh God, sorry, I had to burp. I don't know if you could hear that. Okay, so as with anything, it's always better to get it from food than supplements but your girl does have that bottle of lysine on hand at all times, just in casey case. It's probably the first supplement you will hear or read about once you start your herpes research. It is well known to help with outbreaks, and some people even take lysine daily instead of antivirals to prevent outbreaks in the first place. This is definitely not something you need to do, but it's something to keep in mind should you continue with frequent outbreaks. In my first few months after diagnosis, I would pop a lysine, because it's in my kit, whenever I thought I felt anything down there. More so just to ease my anxiety and paranoia. When I actually got my second outbreak, I didn't need it. Third outbreak, I did use it, and I took more than the recommended amount on the bottle for a few days, just because I had a gyno appointment the next week and really didn't want to go into that with an active herpes outbreak. Um, yeah, I, I just didn't sound fun to me. If I didn't have that appointment, I don't think I would have taken any lysine. Alas, I was trying really hard to reset my lysine arginine teeter-totter. Remember that arginine trail mix on an empty stomach that I shoveled into my body? Yeah, I was trying to balance that shit out, and it worked. Am I a fucking scientist? No, but it worked for me, so I'm sharing the good word. Now what works for me may not work for you, and you may have a different reaction to lysine. You may take other things that affect it. I ain't you, doctor, and we're all different, okay? Just mind your teeter-totter and you'll be okay. Next up, let's talk about some vitamins. First up, super simple, vitamin C. We all know it's amazing, we all know how to get it naturally from fruits and juices, and I will praise it from the rooftops until the day I die. You cannot overdose on vitamin C because you will just pee it out. You'll get a fun neon highlighter color pee when that happens, it's fine. <laughs> and honestly kind of fun to look at. You might get a tummy ache or some runny poop if you really go wild. 
Honestly, it's hard to actually take that much vitamin C, so just start taking it easy if your pee starts looking like the inside of a glow stick or liquid kryptonite. That's all that will happen. I always take massive amounts of vitamin C when I get sick. My third outbreak, I took some for every day. I took some for every day? I don't know what the hell I'm saying. I took some vitamin C every day for a week. Uh, whatever's wrong with me, vitamin C is almost always the answer. It supports our immune system, it's delicious if you get the like tangy orange flavor, um, and it has always sped up my recovery whenever I'm under the weather. It is part of my kit. Okay, I want to talk about three more popular supplements that might be worth exploring should everything previous not be working for you when it comes to managing herpes outbreaks. Olive leaf extract, bee propolis, 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 I don't know and monolaurin. Full disclosure, I have not personally experimented with these yet, but many people I trust swear by them. So, olive leaf extract is, well, a supplement extracted from the leaves of an olive plant. It can be antiviral and anti-inflammatory and serve as an antioxidant, all properties that can help clear up outbreaks anywhere on the body. B propolis is just one more reason we really need to save those bees. Are bees still at risk? Hopefully, if you're listening from the future, we've sorted that shit out. Anyways, propolis is a substance that bees make. Not just honey. Who knew? It's basically the glue they make to build their hives, and has been shown to be anti-inflammatory, antioxidant, antifungal, a bunch of other awesome shit, and in some studies has proven itself as an antiviral and significantly reduced HSV activity specifically. So that's pretty fucking cool. I think if I ever started experiencing regular symptoms or wanted to take anything on a daily basis for a partner's sake, this would be my go-to experiment before meds. The last natural supplement we are talking about is monolaurin. Monolaurin comes from coconut and is available in supplement form as it has been recommended to prevent outbreaks as it is antiviral in nature. I have a few friends who swear by it for prevention and the brand Lorisidin is one example. I'm always on board with anything coconut related. Speaking of which, Let's jump to some topicals. Topical ointments, oils, and creams can be just what you need to help with symptoms of actual outbreaks, like itching, irritation from healing bumps and sores, and they can also speed up healing and prevent scarring. I will swear by the high heavens about coconut oil to solve all your problems in life. Out of butter or vegetable oil? coconut oil. Dry skin? Brittle hair? Grandma died? No lube? Lost your job? Scars? Crashed your car? Herpes outbreak? Coconut oil, bitch! It relieves itch and irritation down there. It promotes healing. It is so soothing. And it fucking smells amazing. I think it's the only reason I could actually get any sleep on my first outbreak. I think that I've made this clear and it goes without saying, but um, it is in my kit. And my kitchen. And my bedroom. And my bathroom. Listen, your girl has coconut oil everywhere, okay? 
I love mixing a few drops of tea tree oil in my coconut oil and applying that mixture to actual outbreaks. So good. Tea tree oil is definitely in my kit. Well, actually it's just on my dresser because I use it for any minor cut or zit or anything on my skin. External use only, friends. Okay. Oh my God. Another outbreak topical that I highly recommend over and over is recommended by everyone lemon balm there's a brand called urban relief that is available online it comes in a little white tub with a yellow symbol behind it actually i just realized and i don't know if this is intentional or not the little yellow splatter behind where the jar says blister soothing salve kinda looks like the yellow herpes plushie toy available from giantmicrobes.com, this website that has stuffed animals of what common viruses and infections look like under microscopes. Why do I know this website? Fuck, I spend oh, way too much time on the internet. Don't be like me. Uh, anyways, wow. The lemon balm is on my Instagram highlight titled Outbreaks at Positively Positive Podcast if you want to see. And boy, if I had a dollar for every time I've seen this lemon balm recommended. If I had a dollar, I could buy 93 jumbo jars of coconut oil. Huh. Okay, that is almost all I've got for you. <laughs> this episode goes hand in hand with episode 7. And I really do believe you can settle any nerves and be completely prepared for herpes outbreaks with the tools in these episodes. And when you're that informed and ready, you'll be way less nervous about it. And we are all about managing our nervous system around these parts. Something I forgot to mention in episode 7, again I recorded that before this, is that unfortunately for menstruators, our periods can be a trigger for outbreaks. This is normal, this is common, you can be totally prepared for this. Okay, so this episode was a lot of information, so I'd like to recap and give you some resources before we wrap this up. So if you ever need a refresher, you can just jump back to the end of this episode. So, we have three antiviral medications, Valacyclovir, aka Valtrex, Acyclovir, aka Zovirax, and famcyclovir, aka famvir. These can be taken daily, episodically with outbreaks, or not at all. Oh god, I burped again. What is wrong with me today? Um, <laughs> in the US, these are all easily available from lemonaidhealth.com. That's lemonaidhealth.com. You can also get specifically valacyclovir from the app or website NERCS. That's N-U-R-X if you don't want to or can't see a doctor in person. They don't currently, but uh, if either of these companies are listening and feel like sponsoring me, give your girl a shout! I have the Lemonade Health process outlined and linked on my website to walk you through those steps to get your medication. It's really easy, just go follow everything I've laid out. I just wanted to make everything really easy for you. My site is herpespositivelypositive.com. Look on the testing and meds page. 
In Canada, you can get your prescription from the public sexual health clinics or your family doctor. For everyone outside those countries, please email me and let me know if there are similar online services in your area to access meds, and I will always pass that information on. Next, we have lysine, the amino acid found in foods and supplements, which can help prevent and treat outbreaks. Mind your arginine teeter-totter. Vitamin C, olive leaf extract, bee propolis, and monolaurin are popular natural supplements for preventing and treating outbreaks. Soothing topicals like coconut oil, tea tree oil, and lemon balms are great to calm the skin and promote healing. Okay, that is it! Like I mentioned at the beginning, people will recommend other things. And they may be great or not so great. We all respond differently to different meds and treatments. You absolutely will not and do not need all these things. What I wanted to do here was lay out and explain the main options that are repeated over and over and over on loop tried and true relief to ease your googling eyes. Remember to take breaks and step away from the research. While I always advocate for research and finding your own answers, I also strongly advocate for stepping away from the herpes content. Take a day off. I'll be here when you get back, and so will Google. Breathe. Get some fresh air and get some sleep. I'll see you on the other side, friend. Thanks for listening. Share this link with anyone you think it would help, leave five-star reviews, and follow me on Instagram at Positively Positive Podcast. Check out the website, PositivelyPositivePodcast.com, for resources, tools, videos, and lots of amazing HSV content. If I've helped you and you'd like to say thanks, visit the support page for options, buy me a coffee, join the Patreon, or get yourself a Positively Positive sticker. If you just want to say hi, email me at PositivelyPositivePodcast at gmail.com or leave me a voicemail on Anchor. I'm out here, okay? I keep my real name private for now, but keep listening because that changes and it will always be me reading all your messages. You are not alone. I'm living positively positive and you can too.